politics is different is that there's no expectation that you will stay. Like you have to mm. work to stay. And the issue yeah. with election cycles is that you get elected, there's the, the honeymoon period of being elected, and then some way through that cycle you think, oh damn, I need to be re-elected. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Another episode of the Bros and Brews podcast. We're here today bringing you another exciting topic episode of ours. Uh, it is December the 10th. Uh, we have just finished filming, uh, filming, recording one of our weekly brews. Um, but today we are bringing you season three, episode eight, the third installment of our civil servants i guess first we had the defenders your police firefighters uh the civil civil service civil defenders civil civil defense force that's what i was looking for uh and then we had we had our healers so looking at healthcare healthcare system uh nurses paramedics all of the above that was a really long list of uh you know what defines you as a healer um around the world and today we have, uh, with a small little discussion of how we were going to give these uh, these people a title, uh, we're calling it the legislators. Uh, and that oh, is... sorry, no, I mean, sorry. <laughs> whoa, 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 down in the cheap seats. Uh, and that is basically a big talk about politicians uh, and everything surrounding um, politicians, what it is, what it takes to be a politician, uh, why do we have politicians, you know, what do we even feel about politicians? Uh, and yeah, them being legislators, elected, um, chosen by us, the people, to make decisions and things like that. Um, so yeah, me, me and James are here today, third installment to kind of get this done um and yeah it's been it's been very interesting talking about you know i guess some of uh and you know past weeks and people and these jobs kind of get taken for granted um but really just vitally important uh to a lot of our systems around the world uh and how you know everything's a run uh smoothly well <laughs> maybe not smoothly um but just making sure that things are okay to the best of their ability and that we're okay and everyone just gets along even though everyone doesn't get along anyway i'm rambling on about this trying to give it a give it a good start but uh yeah i'm basically going to start us off today with the very simple job of just kind of giving you a just simple definition of a politician um you know the internet is full of beautiful things and it will just tell you the very basics of something so i'm just going to start with that and we will expand as the episode goes uh so here it is a politician is a person active in party politics or a person holding or seeking an elected seat in a parliament politicians purpose is support and create laws that govern the land and, by extension, its people. Broadly speaking, a politician can be anyone who seeks to achieve political power in the government. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's a, a few words that kind of jumped out, and that is this whole aspect of being elected. 
politicians you know you can you can work in law and and things like that but politicians are kind of you know necessarily elected uh and that can be you know you can be an elected government representative as in a member of parliament so an mp um which we probably would have talked a lot about in our episode last year during the our election episode um and then also just your local government representative as well so you know, if it, we've talked about how it works, um, the, you know, electoral college and things in the States, and we've talked about our own here before, but, you know, you have your own electives in your local area and things like that. And then from there, um, you elect those people to kind of get into parliament and be a part of your government. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big thing. I mean, countries need it to run, to make laws, to talk to the people, to make decisions. How are we going to make our lives easier? It is their job to kind of go to the people, see what everyone's, you know, going on. What what does the community need? Uh, and really take that back to parliament, take that back to their party. Um, and, you know, what, uh, what are their party values? Um, and yeah, that's one thing that we'll kind of talk about as this episode goes on about, you know, some of the leeways of how it really takes to become a politician, um, and get into parliament. But, uh, that's the basic rundown of where I'm started this episode. And this is basically where I start to bring James in and he can kind of go from that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I chilled out on... five minutes. I was just making some yeah, nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, yeah. yeah, what are your, what are your, what are your thoughts on that basic principle of a politician? Yeah, it's really interesting to hear the sort of definition. I mean, I don't know where you pulled it from. It kind of doesn't matter of, of of how you define a politician because I think how we think of politicians in their jobs is often not dissimilar to what they actually do, but, but I think we kind of forget that ultimately, like, I don't know, pol- politicians and politics are, are just such a key part of the news cycle, right? In a way yeah. that is far extends healthcare workers and far extends, you know, the police force and firefighters and defense force and stuff. It's such a constant aspect of uh, the media and how we understand what's going on in our own country and decision-making internationally that I think it becomes so saturated and the way we think of politicians often kind of is this, we lump them all together and often, you know we think of politicians in a negative light more than we think of them in, yeah. in a positive light, yeah. light. But ultimately, whether you like it or not, within democratic countries, um, politicians have been elected. Whether it's a local body, like your council, your mayor, or whether it's the MPs, like sure, you might not have voted for the person that won, but within democracy, like unlike, uh, you know, you and I have no say in who becomes a police officer. You and I have no say who the uh, mm-hmm. nurse that treats us at the hospital is. Sure, you can choose mm-hmm. the GP you, you go to. Um, but yeah, politicians are ultimately the the representatives of the people they are chosen to to serve. So perhaps the the clearest distillation of of what being a public servant means um i think this topic is really timely with what's happened in the last uh few weeks here in new zealand um whether you pay attention to new zealand politics probably depends on whether you uh are living in new zealand or not um (laughs) but over the last uh week or so uh the national party who is not the party in power in New Zealand, they have the opposition, had a big shake-up in their leadership. And uh, Christopher Luxon, recent MP, uh, only became an MP last year, 
uh, is now the new leader of the National Party. And this kind of makes this topic really timely as we discuss not necessarily the role of politicians, or I guess that's part of it, but how people become politicians. You know, this mm. it's such a sort of heralded position within society, and I think it is viewed as like a, I don't know, you know, they're not necessarily, well, some people might hold this opinion, I'm sure they do. They're not, you know, dictators or presidents or monarchs, but they sort of seem untouchable in a sense that they seem like these other people. But ultimately, the only reason that politicians are in parliament is because enough people have voted for them. And... What's really interesting about, um, I guess, the the National Party's re-electing, well, electing a new leader in Christopher Luxon is it brings back this discussion of, you know, who should be a politician. Um, Mm. All across the world, you have examples of people uh, who are kind of career politicians, people that always wanted to be politicians, probably started polls at university and went straight down the path and then you always have examples of people that come into politics from a a different angle i mean a great example was arnold schwarzenegger right who was the governor of california massive movie star and somehow ends up in politics um you have someone like chloe swarbrick has a case study uh, who ran for auckland mayor did really well didn't win but was kind of this young representative of a lot of things that young people stood for kind of quite anti-establishment who is now a significant um member within the green party and an elected mm-hmm. mp um but people come at politics from really different per- perspectives and i think it's always interesting to consider you know how th- how people come into politics and they come from such different backgrounds and I guess the, the, the very short version of Christopher Luxon coming into politics is he's a businessman and the yep. classic comparison is comparing him to John Key former prime minister. If you're not from New Zealand, John Key was the leader of the national party through successive governments, won successive elections, quite a well-liked prime minister, even for people that didn't support national. I think he was quite a likable kind of goofy uncle type figure. Um, and he came from this this background very similar to uh, Christopher Luxon in that it was very much from a business background. Uh, mm. He worked in foreign exchange. He worked for Merrill Lynch in the US, uh, held a really senior position with the Federal Reserve Bank in New York. And then all of a sudden at some point decided, you know, I want to become a politician. And Christopher Luxon is sort of a businessman first and most famously sort of was the, the head honcho in New Zealand quite recently. And you sort of ask these questions of like, oh, why a businessman in politics? But ultimately it makes sense, right? Like the whole point of being a politician is to make decisions that often involve a lot of money being distributed yep. for the good of the people. Yeah. So it's never as simple as saying that person is a businessman, not a politician, because it, it actually doesn't work like that. You know, it's it's people's individual reasons for coming in and, and you know i'm sure someone could make a convincing case of why christopher luxon is not worthy to be the leader of the national party or like not worthy to be a prospective prime minister but also people come from uh, you know into politics for all different reasons um you know i've spoken in the past about my uh, history of voting for the opportunities party uh and jeff simmons is another interesting case study someone who came from such an economics background as someone that really fundamentally understood how the New Zealand economy works and came into politics from a, I understand the housing market. I understand why this isn't sustainable. I have ideas of how we can actually just change the money flow in this country. Uh, and that was sort of why he came into it. Um, and then you have other people that come into politics from the sort of, I don't know, I want to serve my community 
loose perspective, right? Not necessarily from a, I have a skill set here. It's a, I'm sick of seeing other people be ineffective in their role. Mm. I'm going to come in and bring about, do it. bring yeah. about change. Um, I, I sort of wrote down that I thought that those were kind of the three reasons people come into politics to sort of serve your community or you see uh, a whole that you think, well, if no one else is going to stand for something, I'll stand for this. Mm-hmm. There's this, this, so that's one. There's sort of this number two, which is seeing value in your knowledge or skill set. You know, I understand business. I understand inputs and exports. I understand economics, those kinds of things. Uh, and then unfortunately, there's this sort of the third category, which is this kind of idea of self-promotion. The mm. thing that mm. people get into politics because it is incredibly high profile. You get a lot of media attention. People know who you are. And I'm sure there are definitely people within within the New Zealand government, well, not necessarily the government, within New Zealand uh, parliament, who a significant reason why they're there is because they like being in front of the news. They like doing yeah. interviews. They like being a public figure. People that potentially, I would say, have no place being an elected MP. Um, and I guess that is the reason why politicians are so scrutinized is because a lot of the times the decisions that they make are not for the good of the people um now that's maybe like quite a cynical view but i think that's fair the reason why there's always backlash doesn't matter who is in in power there are always going to be people that feel that the decisions being made are not for the the uh the, the good of people and ultimately that's why we decided to do this sort of public servant series is the last two years, there's been such a heightened focus on, I guess, civil servants, public servants, healthcare workers, frontline workers, uh, you know, uh, the, the ethics and the morals of people like the police force, uh, you know, are the politicians making the right decisions? I think politics has never been more, I don't want to say difficult than it is right now, but the last two years, it's just been constantly, other politicians making the right decision about COVID? Are they making the right decision? Are they making the right decision over and over and over and over for two years? Whereas normally it would be, you know, is it climate change is the right decision? Oh, what do we need to do about housing? You know, all these issues still bubble, but I think because the last two years has been so focused on COVID specifically, there's been such a heightened sort of singular timeline of how do we feel about the decisions the politicians are making about our lives? And regardless of how you feel about, I don't know, vaccine mandates or how you feel about lockdowns and like the right of the politicians to make these decisions uh never really in our history have politicians held so much power to make so decisions much. imagine yeah. if four years ago you said the, the a group of politicians are going to say everyone has to stay home you have to stay home we would have been like <laughs> yeah. whoa whoa whoa, whoa nah. abusive power <laughs> um and yet all of a sudden something changes and we understand that people have to make these decisions and one thing that i've kind of thought about and said a lot the last couple of years is that I just I actually feel bad for quite a lot of people that are elected MPs because you know at least people that came in um who've been in in, in politics not necessarily understanding that the pandemic was going to be part of their job because in some ways as a politician like you sign on for anything but also man stuff being a politician the last few years if you come in and you know you're trying to make change in I don't know, climate crisis or housing or whatever. It's just everything has fallen down to number two compared to the pandemic. Um, But we should also say that, you know, politicians are not just on a government level. Obviously, there's city council, which are really important. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think the city council elections are Wellington next year. Um, You get to vote for the mayor. You get to vote for your local body representatives. It's an aspect of 
politics uh government or governing that people don't get on board with as much and i think that is a real failing in the new zealand understanding of electing politicians is that actually the people in your city council probably have just as much impact on your lives as the people on a government level Mm. it wasn't the government who decided to put in a roundabout in Hatado village to fundamentally (laughs) change the number one intersection that i drive through when i'm driving it was Wellington city council um so yeah i think i think we have this kind of skewed understanding of who the prime minister is affects my life the most which is maybe true but also there's so many other people that fall under the category of politicians that um that uh i guess affect us i mean do you know much about your local body council members in auckland uh no 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 to be honest no not really exactly yeah um all i know is that obviously you know my uh, electorate uh for auckland uh central was chloe swarbrick um but other than that when it comes to auckland city council and board and things like that no i've got to admit i really don't know anything yeah and i mean i'm not not calling out that's not the the point of it but just as an example (laughs) and you've also only lived in auckland for that long i think part of the reason why i have had more focus on city council in the last few years is uh i know one of not personally but tamitha paul as someone that came through victoria university and Vusa is on the wellington city council and as someone that is clearly a representative of our generation often Mm. advocating for things that our generation deems to be important has made me more aware of the city council and the things that go on and Look, I mean, one thing that I wanted to mention was because we've done it on the healthcare episode and we did it on the uh, defense episode as sort yep. of that the rough salaries. I think it's always important to yep. speak to yeah, what yeah. people earn. Um, political MPs in New Zealand earn between one hundred and sixty and three hundred thousand dollars. Ministers between two hundred fifty and three hundred thousand dollars. So, like, quite a lot of money. Um, yeah. The prime minister's salary is fixed at four hundred and seventy thousand dollars. And if you compare that to local council, at least in Wellington, uh, city councillors get paid $111,000, which I know to most people, all of those numbers sound like an awful lot of money. Um, But when you take into consideration the constant trying to solve the problems of the people aspect of those jobs, maybe it isn't so much money. Um, but one thing that I did want to mention at some point in this episode, and I think it's worth bringing up now because it's maybe a kind of a nice segue into the understanding why scrutiny of politicians is really important, uh, kind of element of this discussion is that a few weeks ago, there was this article that came out that didn't get probably enough, I don't know, airtime. Mm. Um, but in Wellington, and I'm going to call out the Wellington city council here because I think this is BS. Um, there was a member of the Wellington city council who retired for, I think it was health reasons, basically stepped down. And because the city council elections are next year, this council decided it wasn't appropriate to fill that person's seat, um, like too close to an election in a similar way to the whole Supreme court in the U S you know, Oh, we can't elect someone. And so, Someone, one of the city councillors, I apologize for not knowing this person's name, suggested that uh, because the salary of that person still needed to be used. They stood down. It might have been like 
15, $20,000 of their salary was still yet to be paid. And someone suggested, well, if we're not bringing in someone new and paying them that salary for the rest of the year, then that salary should be donated to charity or put to somewhere. And instead, the Wellington City Council voted, I think it was eight to four or something like that, that they would simply split the rest of that councillor's salary amongst their own salaries and gave themselves a four, ten, I can't remember what it was, X thousand dollar pay boost because that person retired. And I just saw that and I was like, oh, hell no. That is just disgusting. Yeah. Doesn't mean I don't value you. Doesn't mean I don't think your job is hard, but to simply pay yourself more because someone has stepped down. And I think someone, um, one of the people that have voted against that amendment said something like, oh, it would be more appropriate f- essentially to pay us more to make the decision for the people of how to like, I, I can't even comprehend. It doesn't make sense. The, it doesn't. It does. Yeah. It was, just, it was just really gross. And I think there's going to be a yeah. massive shift in the Wellington uh, council next year. Cause people are fed up like Wellington's uh, water infrastructure is buggered. Um, they've made quite a lot of decisions in the last few years that people haven't necessarily agreed with. Um, and a lot of the city council decisions are just made by the council. You know, they might consult the public. For example, my parents were very against the roundabout in Hatayi. Uh, they consulted the public. Public said, you know, no, we don't want this. And they went, well, we'll do it anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important as we talk about politicians consider local council decisions because a lot of what affects our lives as the people that vote for these people or don't vote, get out and vote for them, uh, if you're legally allowed to, is it's not just... Jacinda Ardern or the yeah. Prime Minister or President of your country who is affecting you. There's so much other stuff that goes on. Um, and I know we asked at one point on a question time, you know, would you ever consider being a politician? And I had this moment last year around election time where I was like, God damn it, I'm going to end up joining like a party. <laughs> and, and and whereas now I'm like, hell no, I don't want to yeah. do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think being a politician has n- never been in and more focused than it is currently. And I think we walk this, this tightrope of it's really important to criticize and ask questions and scrutinize, but also understanding that it's a really, really difficult job. And I think it's just really fascinating that for example, healthcare workers, the healers, there isn't really anything to complain about with them. Maybe about dentist bills, maybe about wait times (laughs) in the mental health system, but like that's not anyone's fault. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's sort of a, you know, some people will, will talk about police brutality or, or institutional racism within police. But I think politicians, particularly by the nature of the job, uh, are scrutinized. Um, yeah, well, I guess, yeah. yeah, I mean, they have to, they have to, I think that's the thing is that it's, it's hard which, I mean, it should be the number one goal. Like you said, it's like for the people, right? Like if everyone should benefit from, from choices. But unfortunately, it is that fact of like you can't please everyone. Uh, it's exactly the reason why we have, you know, a democratic process and we have different parties that all have different values and things like that. The majority votes them in. Of course, some people are going to be upset and you're not going to get the way that you want. You just you just can't please everyone. But there is definitely a way of being able to, you know, 
look after and do the right thing because i mean like you said you know systemic racism and choices and you know the minorities and in, in different countries and in this country in itself is still very split there is still very much divide and it is their you know their decisions and choices and the laws that they make and the legislation that they put through to make life easier for them uh, and to to help them in the sense of equality or equity, I think you know the world is really trying to push forward more in the sense of you know tax the rich and you know give to the poor and all of that kind of stuff, which is hard economics in itself. And look, I I really don't know much of the subject, so I can't comment on that too much. But yeah, they have a really hard job. And I think speaking to what you were talking about before, in the sense of you know. Uh, it's I, I I see the comparison of politicians a little bit closer to the police. I mean, you know what you're getting yourself into, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be confronted with it. It's like you were saying, it's like, how did these politicians know that in this term they would have to be dealing with the pandemic? You know? Uh, and I guess it's the same with the police. It's like... Yes, of course, you deal with a lot of different things every day, but that doesn't mean you wake up that day and you, you're going to be have to deal with this very one specific thing as well. And I think, like you were saying, in the sense of, you know, it's not just the Prime Minister, Prime Minister and Jacinda Ardern and things like that. And a lot of people have said that she's obviously been, you know, very beneficial from this pandemic because she's been on TV almost every day. She was on TV every day for months and months on end. She was the face of the pandemic here in New Zealand, you know. Um, same with Ashley Bloomfield as well. Well-trusted advisor and all of that sense. But in yeah, terms the reason of, uh, why politicians usually get elected for a second term, I mean, in the States, you know, Trump recently was yep. an exception to the rule. It's only happened yep. a few other times. In New Zealand pol- political history, usually a party gets a second term is because... You, you see something and you get used to it. We don't yeah. like change, usually. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's it's also that thing of like, if it's if it's working, it's working, right? Yeah, but a lot of people aren't going to agree with that. Like I said before, everyone doesn't have the same point of view. But yeah, you're you're so right. You get comfortable to to the thing, so it's like, yeah, that's easy to do. I think the you know, kind of moving on with the conversation on where we want it to go in the sense of politicians themselves. They have such a big job to do, but at the same time, you know, much like the conversation you were saying about the divide in in that little bit of money, there have been many points in history in other countries and in our country ourselves where they really haven't done the right thing. You know, they take advantage of their position. They take advantage of the power that they have uh, and they, they use that, you know, and you know whether it's ways of um money and te- you you know using taxpayer money money for um like traveling going overseas for holidays things like that um you know salaries in themselves uh i guess you know what you just mentioned on some are a little bit too crazy but definitely the spending that they get on um a lot of you know predominantly through history politicians themselves and government have majority been ruled by older white men 
mm-hmm. um, so demographic in that sense uh, has obviously changed. Um, you know, a lot more um, diverse cultures are in Parliament um, these days, especially in New Zealand. Um, representation as well in the LGBTQIA um, and also age as well. The age has changed. I, I had a quick look in um, the, the stats of New Zealand um, government and I think our average has dropped to about... I mean, it's it's not that high, but it has dropped to in the 30s now, 39, I believe, which was the age of Jacinda when she got elected in. Um, but yeah, you know, I think diversity in itself is vitally important in governments going forward. I think, you know, I'm going to say it. I think that our generation and the generation that we raise is going to be a little bit more woke uh, I mean, you've seen that around the world with protests and people not being happy with the status quo and the way things have been run and things like that. And, uh, you know, the word you said um, a little earlier is, is holding these people accountable for what they're doing and the way that they're trying to run our run our countries and, and run the people. So I think diversity is obviously one of the more important things to see going forward with electing our politicians into government because more people more of the people are going to be seen and heard uh, when it comes to just making laws and making sure everyone is, is okay in that sense being, yeah, being heard. Like I said, I guess what sets politicians aside from uh, sort of, we should say uh, the legislators as we've called them, what sets them aside from the defenders and the healers is that we, I mean, we elect them, but Mm -hmm. they, you you can you can as a as a politician you can say you're going to stand for something get elected and then not do it yeah. you might get voted out but there's not the same individual accountability in the same way that you know if you're uh, i don't know as an individual paramedic or nurse or a doctor or you go through lots of individual situations where you deal with patients members of the public one on one and you are judged based on your performance of that uh, mm. similarly with police and the defense force and there's there's real person-to-person situation whereas politicians kind of become part of these groups right i guess that's the thing about democracy is you become a part of the group and all of a sudden your individual autonomy and your power within that uh, depending on when where you are in the the hierarchy you know you could be the the bottom listed mp of the opposition or you could be prime minister of the the governing coalition um you know, your individual power is actually limited by the structures which have been put in place to sort of even mm. everything out and not to give anyone too much power, which is a, a good thing. A good thing. The downside yeah. of that is you can be a politician and do stuff all for years and just yeah. stay and just, you know, you have to keep getting reelected as an MP if we're looking at, you know, parliament um, and, you know, people do do flip we saw that last election particularly lots of national mps got voted out for labor mps um but i think when you boil down the 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 general negative perception of politicians it is the perception that like they are doing nothing yeah in the case of the negative perceptions of say the defenders it is that they are doing things wrong wrong you know whereas Mm. politicians i think it's the kind of 
why we've elected you why has nothing changed why has the x million amount of dollars that were meant to go into um supporting new infrastructure within the new mental health system in new zealand not been changed why is new zealand not actually making bigger stands on climate change and making change there you know often what happens is is you know some politicians you give them the benefit of the doubt you can go in with the best intentions and run into a brick wall that actually the institution party politics all that sort of stuff don't allow you to make as much change as an individual and i'm sure there are heaps mm. of people in parliament that is so frustrated by the amount of bureaucratic administrative bs that stops change from being made and those people were like why can't we actually get the wheels rolling but also i'm sure there are some mps that are happy collecting their two hundred thousand dollars every year being the mp of whatever electorate it is and they just want to keep collecting that paycheck be something yep. of a public figure and just keep it rolling yeah and sure well, it's, it's it's individualistic right there there are yep. politicians who fit yep. both of those bills but the difficult thing is unlike if you're a doctor that's ineffective or if you're a you're a police uh person that you know is is ineffective it's not it's not as accountable as politicians that can kind of sift their way get all, through, get through stuff a lot yeah. yeah 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 well i think one thing that i found really interesting and something that i never really thought about before i mean it's the same with a, lo- a lot of these things but i mean you know to be a police officer you have to train for it to be in the army you have to train for it mm. to be a doctor you have to train for it to be a politician, like you were saying before, you know, you can be a businessman, you can you can do your field and, and all of that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah, sweet, great. You don't have to train to be a politician. Like you you don't. The the you don't have to have a higher education. Like it's not a requirement. The minimum is at least like a bachelor's degree. And that can be in in whatever field you want it to be. I mean, it could be in political science, economics, business, international relations. You could still do law, but like that's one thing that uh, I never really thought about when I was younger at least, is like you don't have to be a lawyer to be a politician you know you don't have to be you know this really big you know a lot of study and and work and effort and all of that kind of stuff to to get there and so you know you it makes me think about the you know the people that just get in there and want to sift through and go in unnoticed and get their paycheck is they've you know have they done it just the easy route to 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 just do it and get there but obviously you know not trying to didn't uh, what's the winner for? De- denounce. Denote. Denounce, that's the word. Thank you. Thank you, conscience. You. Uh, is to denounce anyone that does go in with good intentions because we know for full well there are plenty of people that go into politics with the right intention and the right, you know, higher education and, and study for it. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's still a crazy thought to me that you can, I mean, you know, me having studied theatre, I could, you know, I could be a politician if I wanted to. I just yeah, have to you do be it on the, the right council way. in two years' yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Get on the council, be a volunteer, you know, get into a party, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm working my way up the list kind of thing. Obviously, I've got to be good at it, but it's, it is. It's, it's one of those things where uh, you can really come in from any background, I think, as long as you've got something to say and actually actions behind it 
then you will get there. That is how you will become a politician, obviously. But yeah, when it comes to training and things like that, you really don't have to have anything specific to be to be able to do it. So that's why, you know, it's always interesting thinking to uh, the United States in the sense of, uh, was it Ronald Reagan? Was it Reagan? Reagan was yep. an actor? Yeah, yep. he was an actor, you know, really big back actor at the time and he became president. Why? Because everyone was like, I've seen him do big things before. Yeah, I'm going to trust him to to do it. Um, yeah, and he was and charismatic, exact- regardless yeah, of how exact- you feel or felt about his politics. Like that is half of being a politician is being a good yeah. public speaker. Yeah. You know, people yeah. who are good public speakers that, or or at least have strong enough person a strong enough personality that they come across as having opinions on things. Mm. Um, that that can can be seen as counting for way more than any substance or understanding of of how the country runs and like what the economy yeah. needs and like what we need to change you know what I mean, the that's, that's, in the way our society is currently operating under a that's the same as a as a trump right that's a mm. that's a trump he came you know full business i mean i didn't want to say it but yes <laughs> no i know i know you were trying to avoid it you didn't say earlier i was like yeah this is exactly the same kind of line but yeah it, 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 it is it's just um it's but the, I think the thing with him is that, you know, obviously big businessman, but like big international relations as well, you know, like the guy knew what he was doing, but did he do it the right way? Eh, questionable. Obviously, no. But yeah, yeah it's, and it's so it's, difficult because we, the democratic process where anyone can be a politician within reason is is really optimistic. And you can see the best version of that. Someone as young as Chloe Spybrook coming in. Um, you know, people within uh, with elected MPs that are, you know, recent immigrants to New Zealand, people that come mm. from all sorts of different backgrounds that have something to say, they have strong beliefs on what they think Aotearoa needs, you know, not having some kind of cap of who should and shouldn't be a politician is a really great thing. Unfortunately, what it means is that you then can end up with people uh, in parliament or you know a, as an elected official that ultimately in certain cases is not qualified but yeah. that's the difficult thing right you and you can't have you cannot have both you mm. can't say oh well you must have this kind of degree and you must have studied politics and because then obviously that shuts off a whole significant proportion of society that we actually want on want these democratic yeah, groups true. because they yeah. provide opinions of of people that don't feel represented by the people that say would have done politics at university or are part of the big business community. And, you know, I'm not sure that we're, we're suggesting any, any great salvation or or soul for it. I think it's just politicians (laughs) will always be so, so problematic. And yet you can understand why it's really difficult to shift what's happening in and around them. Um, Mm. I think the one thing that we have mentioned before and we'll say again is, frankly my hope is that the older we get the more people of our generation get into politics because you and i fundamentally believe that people of our generation uh share our values more than the people older than us not of our generation Mm. but i'm sure that that was the same thing with the generation before us and the generation before them and it may not may not happen that way um and i guess the the, the thing that you could say to anyone was left like if you feel that strongly about it walk the walk go and make the change but that's yeah. a really hard thing to do and i guess that is something to consider about any politician whether it's local body or uh you know national representation as you know 
all of those people have taken the amount of time it takes to get elected. You know, that takes a certain amount of work. It might not be training, but the process of getting elected, campaigning, that seems like such an incredible amount of work. And eventually that's why people retire. Like someone like Jeff Simmons, who decided after the last election, look, I don't want to be the top leader anymore, is because the strain on his life was just way, way too much. Yeah. Um, and I think I've tried to become more open-minded about politicians generally, regardless of how they sit within my political leanings, say, both in New Zealand and internationally, is that ultimately, like, that's a really, really hard job. And someone, I, you know, I saw someone talking about this the other day on um, a uh, online site. No, it was a New Zealand subreddit. <laughs> and someone was saying after Christopher Luxon had been voted in, he was saying, look, I know that Reddit is really left-leaning, uh, but ultimately we want the government to have a strong opposition because you want your government to be held accountable. And actually, even yeah. if you're a Labour supporter, you should want the National Party to be strong enough that they're providing uh, strong criticism, holding mm. the government to account and making suggestions mm. because that is how the best decisions get made. It's not in New Zealand's interest for the opposition to have 11% support in polls and for someone, you know, Judith Collins is the person that got rolled in the national party for everyone to be like, she's a joke. National's a joke because you, you want ultimately different parties to be vying for uh, a power because that's how people have to, you know, appease the people. Um, yeah. It's fascinating how in the last year I've really gone from, there was a moment where I thought, oh, yeah, politician. I have this, you know, the skill set we talked about, the public speaking, obviously being yep. likable was an important feature yep. of politicians. But, you know, then some days I'll, I'll just think, man, that just seems like the worst job in the world. The expectation, like the public expectation of that, you and I will never understand unless no. we become politicians. And actually, Tamith Paul does a really good job on her Instagram. I mean, there have been some votes that she's been on a side of that I haven't agreed with, but at least what I like about her is she's constantly posting on her Instagram story about the decisions that are being made and the background behind them and trying to make politics more accessible, accessible to, yeah. to young people in a way that for such a long time, politics and the decisions of politicians have not been made that accessible, mm. you know? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it's like, yeah, how people, you really, I mean, no one, who watches the news these days, you know, like who's flicking on the TV and watching the news? I know many flats that don't have a cable or TV or hooked up. They don't get together and they, they watch the news, you know, um, how often do we just see a headline pop up on our phone? Do we, you know, do we go into that headline? No. Um, so yeah, it's like, yeah, how do, how do we get politics more accessible to the younger generation? So they know what's going on from day to day. Cause like you said, I think it's a really important thing and something that, you know, I, I definitely need to check myself in is yeah. Realizing that everything isn't just coming from the top. Um, and knowing, you know, the smaller things and what's happening and, and the council and, and stuff like that. But yeah, you make a really good point with accessibility and things like that. I had, I had another question that just kind of popped into my head, uh, hmm. through all of our talk. Um, cause I was, I was watching the midday news today. I love watching the news by the way, everyone. I really like keeping up and seeing what's going on. Um, 
but today on the midday news um it was you know recently released i can't i don't know how many days ago but very recently um the chancellor of germany um angela merkel um mm. is obviously finished her term 16 years 2005 is when she stepped into that position is that in your opinion is that is that is that too long like 16 years is that is yeah. that too long for one person to kind of be at the top and be the face of a that, government, especially in the EU in, in that time? It's a it's a really good question, and this was something I meant to bring up before, but we kind of got lost on another tangent. Is politicians fundamentally want to keep their job? I mean, yeah, healthcare yeah. workers do as well. People defenders want to as well, but they are in industries where the expectation is that you will stay within that job or within that line of work vaguely, probably for as long as you want to keep working. Politics are different is that there's no expectation that you will stay. Like you have to work mm. to stay. And the issue yeah. with election cycles is that you get elected. There's the, the honeymoon period of being elected. And then some way through that cycle, you think, Oh damn, I need to be reelected. <laughs> and these are the questions of election cycles, you know, in New Zealand, it's three years. Uh, in mm. the States it's four and the UK it's five, you know, what is the right amount of time? Because you ultimately want people in power for long enough that they can actually make decisions yeah. without fear of, well, not fear of being voted out, but without them thinking about the next election cycle already. But the flip side of that is, you know, Boris Johnson just got elected for another five years in the UK. And you look at that as someone who doesn't want Boris Johnson to be prime minister. And you just think five years is half a decade. That's way too long. So I'm not sure where the middle ground is. And on the one hand, you could say, well, 16 years is way too long for one person to be in charge. But if that person is someone that you voted for and you agreed with all the stuff they do, I'm sure you'd say, cool, we have some continuity. We have someone that can actually make meaningful change. You know, you see in in the States where different, uh, presidents come in and just repeal laws that have yep. you know Get bush does one thing obama yep. repeals that trump comes in and mm-hmm. repeals that biden comes mm-hmm. in and repeals that um yeah i think it's i think it's an interesting question that i don't necessarily have a good answer for um if you said to me right now you can decide how long someone stays the head of state for i would probably set a period of time like I think 10 years would be the max. I yeah. think in New Zealand, there's been a lot of two and three term. Because uh, pro- the max is nine, medicine. right? Um, three terms? Is the max three terms? I believe so. I don't know if there is. Is it? I don't, this is a whole of my knowledge. I, I'm I don't pretty know sure there's. There so, yeah, I'm pretty sure we have a max here. You can only As serve for a certain, Yeah. Mm, well, we'll have to rough? go look it up. I wasn't aware of that. Um. Maybe that's the case. You, <laughs> you can look it up at home and, and figure that out. Yeah, yeah I guess my yeah. answer would be you, you don't want to cap it so short that you stem the growth of, of someone. And I think something that I would argue right now to anyone who was opposed to Jacinda Ardern being prime minister is Jacinda Ardern is the best person to leave this country right now, regardless of how you feel about her politics, because she has been in power the last couple of years. And think of like what you would have to do to get the new prime minister up to speed with all the systems that we have going, even if you want to change would take so much time. And yet at a certain point, 
Jacinda Ardern shouldn't be Prime Minister anymore. Someone else should yeah. come in. Um, mm. I mean, 16 years is probably over the line of where I would, would think it. But if you said to me, every single election, uh, uh, you know, a party had to have a different leader, that would that would seem too, too short to me. But again, that's the thing about politics on a national level, is it's party-based. It's all about the party line, the party politics. Local council was, in theory, you know, you're not tied to a party, even though sometimes people are clearly tied to parties um in theory if a party is working as it should you should be able to take one person out of it and the party continues along along its lines but you know that's not really how politics works and unfortunately that is why a lot of stuff doesn't get done is because at a certain point every three years in new zealand the parties start thinking about getting re-elected and what can they say to get them re-elected even if they don't plan on getting it done um yeah, but but it's I mean it's it's hard and and getting any kind of change brought about is pretty difficult. I mean we've spoken in the past about the threshold for parliament for um parties to get into parliament being five percent and expressing the opinion of that that's too high and that should be changed to three percent. But the party in power that fundamentally has the ability to kind of make those changes doesn't want to make those changes and so you get <laughs> caught in this vicious cycle. Um, yeah. But again, it's hard to point to any one politician as being at fault with that that is just the state of the political system in our country that is pretty hard to change you know mm. yeah yeah but i think when i guess that's the thing is that like it will be forever changing as well yeah. you know like you see things you know 40 50 years have can completely changed in our government and and the way that it works and the laws that we have it'll change again in another 40 to 50 years or so you know with there's really big plans and um in our legislation of you know big aims for the country to be at you know is it 2025 smoke free mm-hmm. um zero carbon emission i think it's 35 30 no 30 50 uh, i can't quite they remember changed it recently but they do it, they change it again. Is. Yeah, I can't remember <laughs> yeah. the date. But, you know, like, you know, really big changes for that. And that's going to completely fundamentally change just, you know, people's ways of life. And, you know, like you said, whether they get taken down or they keep getting pushed or moved and things, it's politics is forever a, a wave of, of, of changes that as the people you kind of just got to move with and just kind of kind of take it. But that's why it's important to vote in every single election that you possibly can because then that way you're having a say and you're not leaving it to you know the the people we don't want to be leaving it to <laughs> if if everyone if, if everyone in the world voted for what they believed in and for the people that are you know they think are going to do the job for them this world will be completely different mm. and i i know that for a fact and ultimately i think and this would be my my final thought to wrap things up is i think you have to believe the best in politicians even if you don't expect that much from them i don't think it i don't think while while it's important for there to be criticism of people who are making decisions of the legislators you have to believe that they have our best interests at heart because otherwise it's a pretty pretty bleak place yeah. Just in the same way that if you go into a doctor's office, you have to believe that they will diagnose you. If, if you know, um, unfortunately you end up in a surgery, you have to believe that the surgeon is going to give it a, give their best <laughs> shot and be able to solve your issue. In the same way that yep. you, you have to hope that if you have a situation where you need the help of the police, they will serve you as best they can. I think it's no different for politicians. Like, 
there is too much of a negative light uh, directed towards politicians. Now, yes, we need to be critical of them. And when people aren't doing their job, we need to criticize them and, and they have no place in that position. But, but I think, I think the state of New Zealand politics would be a lot better if, if people had a more open-minded view of how difficult the job mm. is, you know, if there yeah. could be, everyone understands a day in the life of what your local MP does, that would be pretty beneficial. But, um, <laughs> politics is, it's never going to be that way for a lot of people. People are just going to see the red and the blue and the side they like and the side that they don't like. But it's been nice to have a conversation about both sides of the coin with us and how being a politician it's so individualistic to the people's experiences that yeah. it is in some ways the most complex of the three uh, kinds of public servants that we've covered, the defenders, the healers, and the, the legislators. So, yeah, that would be my last thought for this episode, that I think it would be beneficial for the country as a whole if people took politics and politicians with a grain of salt and understood probably how difficult everyone's job is. That's uh, an elected official. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think my last takeaway would be, uh, I mean, much of what I just said before, I think just, yeah, kind of understanding, um, you know, why these, why we have those people there uh, and, you know, understanding what we need in our lives uh, and electing the people that we want to, you know, really give that a good run and, you know, whether they're opposition you know, holding the government to accountability and, and things like that. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I just want, yeah, listeners and everyone just to kind of a little bit more and just to be a little bit more in touch uh, with their beliefs um, and who's really bringing those beliefs forward um, for our everyday life and for the future as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, much like what uh, James brought up to me. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to see if I can get in touch with the Auckland City Council more and, and and things like that on a, on a more kind of uh micro scale mm. um and as always i will be in on every single election that comes across for the rest of my life because i think it's vitally important to get the right people um doing doing the job um but yeah i think you make a really good point james in the sense of you know benefit of the doubt that these these people are doing the best job that they possibly can for us um because yeah they do. They get too much slack. It's always fun giving them slack, though. But uh, that's not the point. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> so that's hey, look, it's been it's been fun. It's been <laughs> yeah. fun discussing this because this I think was always going to be the most sort of I don't want to say complex of of the the three, but it it is it is really complicated. And um, I've enjoyed this this whole three part series with you. I know it's taken a yeah, while same. for us to do do all three, but we mm. hope that you, the listeners, have enjoyed the the public servants trilogy. We we felt really strongly about talking about. Uh, people within society that are sort of serving the public good and how that has come you know, even more into focus over the last couple of years with the COVID-19 pandemic. And, and we hope we've, we've, I don't want to say given a voice to those kinds of people, but ask some questions of, you know, do we, how do we think of people in those kinds of roles within mm. society? Ask some difficult questions, but, you know, also raise the question of, you know, do we need to be more appreciative of those, of those people? Um, yeah. but that's, that's it for this episode and for the trilogy Ooh. as a whole. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. Um, who knows when we, you know, we might add a, a crazy fourth edition at some point next year, but we're certainly <laughs> down for the trilogy this year. Um, Matt, thank you for these three episodes. It's been really nice to, to break down this aspect of New Zealand society. I think it's been really important for both of us. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, diving into topics that, yeah, I, I, me personally never really, you know, had a 
big discussion about so once again really nice to have this platform uh and very close friend like you to have those healthy discussions and get people talking about it more and more Kia ora. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this trilogy. As always, you know, find us on Instagram. Hit us up with any thoughts. Uh, this has been part three of the Public Service Trilogy. The legislators, all things politicians. We hope you've enjoyed it. But from Matt and myself, all that is left to be said for this week is we will see you next time. Peace! I'll be waiting for you to come around Hesitating with my feet stuck in the ground